Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hello and welcome once again to Fresh Hop Cinema, a craft beer and movie podcast based in Chico, California. My name is Max Minardi. And I'm Johnny Samares. Hello again. What a day. Can I say off the bat that it's only nine, this feels stupid to say, in a place, but it gets hot here. It's only 90 degrees out today. It felt so good. It's so good. I was thinking, I was looking at the weather because I always check when we're about to record because the studio gets hot when I can't run the AC or whatever. And if it's like, if it's below 99, I'm like, yes, it's going to be a comfortably warm day in here. Not like sweating my ears off with the headphones. Yeah. That's the worst in that room. Dude, it's going to be 107 on Saturday, and that's 17 degrees hotter than it is now, which is like, feels obviously high, but if you take away 17, it's like we're on a on a coast somewhere. Like that's right. There shouldn't be this much fluctuation in like four days. Yeah. A 20 degree difference is really pronounced. It's absurd. Um, it's ridiculous. Yeah. If you don't know where Chico, California is and you don't care to find out, there are places virtually that you can find us that Johnny will tell you about. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Untapped at Fresh Hop Cinema. Facebook at Fresh Hop Cinema Pod. Letterboxd at Max Minardi and at Johnny Summers because that's who we are. Email us at fhccast at gmail.com. Freshhopcinema.com is our online home. And then patreon.com slash freshhopcinema is how lovely, lovely humans support us financially every mm-hmm. single month. Uh, as little as a dollar a week, you can help support the podcast. Uh, varying degrees of monetary contribution. You get some fun goodies. We just sent out some cool merch in the mail that hopefully everyone's gotten by now, yep. et cetera. So support us so we can entertain you in these trying times. At the very least, just give us a little five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. It makes us uh, makes us very happy, and we really appreciate it. If you want to leave us a thoughtful review, that's also obviously appreciated. Um, but enough groveling. Let's get into a beer. This is one. Johnny, you picked out both the beers again this week, which I am grateful for because I just get to sit back and enjoy them. So what is the first one we're drinking? That's right. The first one we are drinking is a beer called Plum. It's brewed by Octopi Brewing out of Wanakee, Wisconsin. Nice. Yeah, it is a Berliner Weiss with, you guessed it, plums. It's pretty exciting. There's not a whole lot of information about this beer specifically out there. Uh, It was made with, uh, I'm sorry, at Octopi. Uh, If you don't know what a, like a loner facility is, it's an interesting facility. yeah, yeah. So Octopi is a brewery, technically, but they also manufacture other beverages Essentially, they are a contract beverage facility that, like, anyone that wants, say, you and me wanted to start, uh, let's just say a beer. Sure. Let's say we wanted to brand our own beer and have it be like a maple butternut squash brown ale. <laughs> Sounds great. I'm in. We would go to these people and they would help us formulate the recipe. They would help us make it. They would help us market it and can it and produce it. So it is a, a interesting way to kind of cut through the process of building your own brewery or right. investing in production space. You see a lot of breweries doing like um, gypsy brewing where they're, you know, doing it in different locations or whatever. This is a place where people can come to them and fine tune beverages and then put them out into the universe. I don't know if someone came to them with this and then put it out or if they just put out a beer and they're like branching into manufacturing their own beer. 
but that's who made it. So I'm going to assume that they made it and branded it for themselves because if I was paying them to help me formulate a drink, I would want my name on it in some fashion. So I'm just going to go ahead and assume that they're actually just manufacturing beer. So. Yeah, it kind of yes. sounds like a like a like a banquet room in in the back of a restaurant. Like you don't have your own space, but you're going to rent out this one, and they'll provide the food and all the dressing and all that stuff, or the table dressing rather. And then you can just come and have your event. And in this case, the event is a beer. Uh, well, that's that they have a, a tap room and an event room, but they also you know like a full production. Oh, it's like brewing a it, facility. Okay, I guess, but they also serve. Uh, you've never been? Have you been to one of these? Uh, no, I haven't either. I'm I'd like familiar to with the concept somewhat. Yeah. I think I get it. That was helpful. Mm-hmm. That was very nice. Have you opened yours? Uh, yes, I have. Man, it looks wonderful. I, I was looking at the can next to my poured glass, and the color of the sort of liquid explosion on the can is exactly the same as what's in my glass. Yeah, this it, is a crazy-looking like, beer. We need to grab a picture of this poured next to the can because it's just a wonderful little – this would be a great picture. All right. Well, you take a picture. I'm going to keep talking about Such it. I love shoot. the can, too. That's what drew me in in the first place. I, uh, I'm a sucker for cool cans, and this one has a nice – two-tone it's like a light dusty pink with white and then it's divided in half by the words plum and it's got like you said that cool like water drop like if ink drop effect with a color that almost matches identically with the beer and it's a berliner weiss it's four and a half percent abv 12 ounce can i couldn't say no this hit all the boxes and so far, it's delivering. Have you tried it yet, or are you still taking a picture? I have not, but I've just poured it, and it, like you said, it looks amazing. Um, it smells It smells about the same. Uh, not the same. It, looks, it smells like you would expect it to smell, I guess. Yeah. I just drank a bunch of it. So did I. Wow. Okay. 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 That's, that's juice. I forgot it was a Berliner Weiss. That's juice. And it's that like, a, yeah, it's like con- you've, you've had plum juice. If you haven't, that's what it tastes like. It's yeah. extremely concentrated. That's wild. Um, okay. It caught me off guard. I, I need to change whatever I was expecting and try it again, because that was, that was a punch in the punch in the lymph nodes for sure. Yeah. My that Lord. is, that is, it's juicy. Mm-hmm. My God. That is like jammy and juicy mm-hmm. and a little sweet and a little little tart it's heavier hmm. it's heavier than i was expecting for a four and a half percent beer it's it's very viscous and and just it sits on your palate like like it's got something to say and it does yeah wow. this this beer gets a 10 for intensity like this beer yeah. packs a punch man <laughs> like i've never been so like whoa by a four and a half percent beer yeah i'm like I, i'm i keep checking the can like is it four and a half it is but man, that's that's intense. This is going to be heartburn central for you, and even possibly for me. I think. Yeah, there's a have lot of acidity ever, here. Exactly. Have you ever had like a really good mead? Oh yeah, yeah. This reminds me of a really good like blackberry mead. Mm. Uh, there's a, a meadery called Superstition Meadery, mm-hmm. and they do crazy things like um, I want to say like a peanut butter and jelly mead. Oh, okay. Stuff like that. And uh, yeah, the intensity really matches something like that. Like it's just full bodied, way heavy, like massive, massive flavors. Uh, subtle is the last beer in the world I would use to describe this and, word. And the word, <laughs> yep, yeah, I got you. Um, yeah, dude, it's 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 intense. I'm I'm inclined to say that I like it, but it's 
it almost feels like using the word like doesn't do the intensity of this beer justice. I almost feel wishy-washy for saying like. Like I think you either have to hate this beer or love it because it's so in your face. But but I, I don't hate it or love it, I guess. It's just, uh, it's it's good. It's just, it's a lot. This is definitely one of the more a lot beers that I've had maybe ever. This beer, this beer is intense. It is. Um, you, you sound like you like it though. Um, is there anything jumping I, out to you that you aren't, aren't a fan of? Um, it's, it tastes really sugary. Like, yeah. I'm true. getting a ton of sugar, almost like a Kool-Aid-y sugarness. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. Unless it is, but I assumed you meant that's not so great because that's when you're saying it. It just depends. I mean, it's it's balanced by a nice tartness, so it doesn't taste like just sugar. It's just way more sweet than I was expecting, and it drinks way more thick than a, a Berliner Weiss. It's not... When I think Berliner Weiss, I think refreshing. I think light, crispy. Yeah, um, I do too. Crushable. And this is definitely the outlier in that category in that it is just... It's super heavy. It is, like, huge. This beer's a huge 4.5%. It's, it's like... Yeah, it's it's easily the largest 4.5% beer I've ever had. Like, yeah. stylistically or not. Like, any style. This is, this is insanely... It's insane. Yeah, this is, like, heavier than a Bud Heavy. I've never had a Bud Heavy, but I believe you. Off of craftbeer.com, I just want to read the description of a Berliner Weiss. And they say, low in alcohol, refreshingly tart, and often served with a flavored syrup. Sure, that doesn't matter for us. Um, the style presents a harmony between yeast and lactic acid. These beers are very pale in color, traditionally, obviously, um, and maybe cloudy as they're often unfiltered. I, I'm just trying to find something that really justifies this thing being called what it is. And I... The, go ahead. This is... This is... Um <laughs> you know how they have like uh, the new kinds of IPAs and stuff. This yep. would be like a milkshake Berliner Weiss. Jeez, yeah, You're, yeah, yep. A, a plum juice, man. You could you could call this plum smoothie, and sure. I'd, I'd believe you, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Um. Okay. So maybe it's it's judgment day for this thing. You want to go out of ten? I think I really like it. Mm. Okay. It's it's definitely sweet, and I could never drink more than I can. But like, I'm gonna drink this whole can, no problem. Okay, and not complain about it one bit. Okay, um, yeah, this beer is really surprising, <sighs> dude. If you want to just grab a beer that's absolutely surprising, and that <laughs> not, I mean, not to sound cock, but that takes a lot. Do you say me. not to sound like, cock? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That, that takes a lot, man. Like I've drank a lot of beers, and not yeah, not to sound super conceited, but like there's there's a lot of beers I consumed, and to actually surprise me and be like, "What is in my mouth? This is good. I've not had anything like this." That means something to me, and I appreciate a surprise in my mouth. So where are you at? Out of ten? Out of ten, this is like uh, this is like an eight seven. This is a really good beer. It's incredibly high. I think I'm really I'm really hot on this beer. I really like it. I think this is one I'd buy again. I'd like this is like uh the perfect combination of a really cool, unique, good beer and a novelty that I'd love to take to like a party or a mm-hmm. barbecue mm-hmm. and crack this and pour little tasters and be like, check this out. So All yeah. right, fair hey, enough. What what do you think, man? I'm actually having sort of like you seem like you're getting higher and higher on this one. And I'm sort of sliding down a little bit. It was, it was obviously shocking right away. And then I started to enjoy it and I've only drank maybe out of this 12 ounce can. I've probably drank like three ounces and I, unlike you, I'm not going to be finishing mine. It's too, it's too acidic and it's too punchy for me. 
there is like this it really nice crunchy. quality of of like almost like a warm um, holiday spice thing going on, like you would see in a jam, or mm-hmm. or something which I enjoy, but it's not enough to offset the just just punch to my palate. And obviously, take all this with grains of salt if you'd like, because it's all personal. But it's it's a very very tart, very acidic beer that is not it's not going to be enjoyable for me if I drink too much more. So I, I'm sitting at like a six. I don't. Okay. I wouldn't drink it again. Just because it's not my thing, but it's it's not gross. It's a fun experience, if nothing else. So six out of ten for me. I would take this to like a dinner party where everyone there likes wine or something like yeah. that. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it definitely reminds me of like a wine cocktail almost. Like port. It's just like port wine. It's just so sweet yeah. and intense. Um, really, yeah. really quickly, where did you get this? Where can people get it? What should they expect to pay? Uh, I got this at SNS Grocery uh, Produce, whatever you want to call it, right here in Chico. Uh, and it was only four bucks for the yeah. can. So yeah. I, for me, this is highly worth it for the novelty and to experience it. I think you might like it. If, if you like that big jammy, juicy, sweet surprise of a beer, check it out. If not, don't. Cool. Again, that's Plum by Octopi Brewing. Get your hands on it. If you want, let us know what you think. We are going to jump into Flick Picks and we're going to start it. Do you mind if I go first? Uh, I think you should. Okay, then I'm going to play you a trailer for a film called Come to Daddy that came out earlier this year. Enjoy that, and we'll be right back to talk about it. Yeah. It's me. Norm. I got your letter. I never thought I'd see you again. For how long has it been? A long time. A long time, yeah. I realize I know nothing about you. Boy, your mom really doesn't talk about me, does she? Oh, really? (laughs) Mom, hey, it's Dad. He's he's not how I imagined him. He's not used to having people around. Why did you ask me to come here? I don't want to discuss it. I need to know why you sent that letter. I gotta take a crap. I know what's happening. You got no idea what's happening here. Ever been in a fight? I once kicked the guy's ear off. I got this theory. Bad guys have eyes that look like razors. You have to kill him? I'm not a murderer. You just killed somebody five minutes ago. Who knows? Maybe we'll end up being best friends. Come here. Come to daddy. That was a trailer for, again, Come to Daddy. It's a film that came out, or at least became available to people here in America uh, in, I believe, February of this year. It was directed by Ant Timpson. He's not done anything else that you would know. I think there's one short film that he did, but this is certainly his first feature. And it stars Elijah Wood as this dude who has gotten separated from his father. His dad left when he was young, and he's Elijah Wood's age. Um, so, you know, mid-30s, and he gets this mysterious letter from his dad after all these years saying, hey... Come, come spend some time with me in my oceanfront home. And, you know, we got some catching up to do. 
and he makes the trip and shows up and you know, his dad's, um, not exactly what he was expecting, but wants to give him a chance. And the movie continues from there. And I don't want to say too much about it because this is a movie that, um, the less, you know, certainly the better. I know Johnny, you haven't seen it yet, but it's on your list, I believe. Right. Big time. Okay. Um, so I, I want to say off the bat, I think you should watch this. It's if it's somewhere between uh, dark comedy and dad dramedy, dad drama, dad midi, dad dramedy. Let's so say, dramedy. Let's say it's that. Um, and I, I just think it's fun to see. I, I'll watch anything Elijah Wood does. I think he's super funny, especially when he gets to play like this kind of offbeat weirdo kid. Like it, he's just like in, in one of the film posters, he's wearing a turtleneck and he has the creepiest little mustache you've ever seen. And he plays up that aesthetic throughout the entire movie really, really well. He's this like delicate little dude who obviously like you can't disassociate from being Frodo almost ever. And, and to see the character that he builds, the character's name is Norval N O R V A L. Um, and, and just getting to watch him explore the things that he gets to do throughout the movie is, is in and of itself reason to watch it. But I also think that there are some fun twists and turns and, and the plots interesting enough. And if you liked, uh, he was in a movie with, um, oh man, what's her name? The The name of the movie is, uh, maniac. No, it's a good guess. I don't feel at oh, home in this world you? anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's like that speed. Okay. It's kind of like, that oh, was a great movie. I love that. But some people are like, I hated that movie. Yeah. So I guess know yourself. Um, but if you haven't seen Whoa. that either, watch that too. Whoa, bro. Whoa, bro. Why? Um, we're getting so deep. Yeah. But also, did you like him in maniac as that? Oh, I, more didn't, s- I didn't see maniac. Ooh, dude. I thought you just said you'd watch everything with Elijah Woods in it. Oh, and I, that came out I will eight years I will watch ago. anything with Elijah Wood. I just but I'm not gonna claim to have seen it all already. Okay. I personally would highly recommend Maniac. Okay. It is an excellent display of his acting prowess mm-hmm. as well as being just immensely creepy. Okay. He the movie so, or him or both? Both. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pulling so, up the letterbox thing for it here. Yeah, twenty twelve, huh? Yeah, yeah, I really liked that movie. It was a very, very, very interesting role for him. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I think you should check it out. You, you should like. Yeah, I think okay. you'd like it. It's going on the list. I think Elijah Woods one of those actors um, in the vein of like a Daniel Radcliffe or Robert Pattinson who started off at least in sort of mainstream film notoriety with these very safe, wholesome characters, and almost as a rebound effect, we're like, I'm going to do the weirdest stuff possible. Yep. Like I remember seeing Elijah Wood pop up in Sin City. As this yeah. really sadistic, like masochistic and misogynistic dude. And I was like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Like, what's going on with you? Um, Frodo. Yeah. What right. happened? Because at the time it was like, I don't remember when Sin City came out, but it was pretty damn close to the end of Lord of the Rings. Nice. Yeah, um, you're correct. Uh, but back to, yeah, back to, uh, to come to daddy. It's, it's, an, it's like 89 minutes long. So it's a pretty safe bet. It's available on Amazon prime. You can also rent it on video on demand anywhere you'd like. But if you have prime, I just throw it on basically whenever and just watch it. I think it's something that's worthwhile and you'll probably get a chuckle or you'll realize that you don't like this kind of stuff. And then when I recommend something and I'm like, it's like come to daddy, you'll be like, aha, I can miss it. Yeah. You'll learn something either way. It's a style that's kind of specific. And like you said, you either kind of like it or you don't. Yeah. I had this one thought that I really wanted to share, but I realized it's kind of spoilery. You know, it's not, it's not spoilery at all. It's just like you could in some way make it seem like the first like 30 minutes of this movie are basically just the lighthouse. (laughs) Oh really? Like, yeah. Like his dad's kind of an alcoholic, not kind of, he just super is 
Like we kind of get the okay. vibe that he sent that letter to him without remembering it. So he shows up at his door and he's like, oh shit, <laughs> that's all right. Come in, I guess. Um, and, and then Elijah was like, I don't drink. And it's it, for a minute. There's very lighthousey, which I enjoyed. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I'll definitely be checking that out, yeah. especially after hearing you speak to it. So that sounds interesting. I am into that. Do you want to hear about my flick pick? Yeah. What you got? Well, my flick pick happens to be the pick of the litter, the mm. flick pick of the litter. Okay. Fair enough. Yep. It's a 2018 documentary called pick of the litter. Uh, and it follows a litter of five puppies. <laughs> Like, literally from the moment they're born. Yeah. And they begin their quest to become guide dogs for the blind. So oh. these are potentially going to be, like, some of the most important animals in people's lives. And you should play a trailer for it real quick, and then I'll tell you a little bit more about it. You ready to go work? Let's go. The dogs that we're considering are really the best of the best. It's what they were bred and raised to do. If their person is in harm's way, they have to make the decision not to take that command. There's three boys and two girls. Patriot, Potomac, Primrose, Poppet, and Phil. I think you're a bit of a celebrity already. Puppy raisers, teach them manners, teach them foundation, and expose them to the world. I'm a veteran, so Patriot is going to be my best friend. <laughs> you need to do a good job because someone's putting their trust and faith in this animal. You never know which make it all the way through to guide. It could be one, it could be none. Can you please just be good? Lots of things to work on. The major challenge with Potomac is he'll lunge and jerk me off balance. I'm on the fence with Patriot. He's intense. A little bit nervous. That's two fails for Phil today. I don't know if he's going to make it. We've got testing on Friday. Primrose, we're up. You make us proud, okay? Pop it forward. Good girl. I think I've seen enough. A lot don't make it, and it is heartbreaking to have a dog cut. It's not easy to be visually impaired, and the cane can help, but it's not as great as a fuzzy face and a wet nose. This is Megan calling from Guide Dog. We're excited to find out if it's a yes or a no. Good boy. Good boy. <gasps> so that was a trailer for Pick of the Litter, and it was one of the most enjoyable hour and 20 minutes that I've had in, in recent memory. They made it an uh, hour and 20 minutes? <laughs> you're damn right they did. Well, this process is not quick. Okay. Um, you're following these dogs for almost the first two years of their life uh, before they can actually be certified and uh, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but let's just say that not all five make it. Oh, that's all right. So it's a little sad. And it's not sad. Wait, 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 they, sorry. I heard didn't, don't make it like in life. Like they die. No, they okay. don't die, okay. bro. Okay. Jesus. Um, like I would not. This was an uplifting film that I really enjoyed where a bunch <laughs> of puppies died. Yeah. Am I, what am I, a serial killer? <laughs> God. <laughs> Uh, no, man, they don't make it through the program to become okay. uh, guide dogs for the blind because there's so much criteria that they have to go through. Uh, and this will make you realize like how amazing dogs are, how am absolutely amazing that guide dogs for blind people are because they're just so much smarter than your average dog and they do things that I didn't think was possible from an animal. Yeah. So not only was it feel good, it was super educational uh, and... 
it was absolutely entertaining and a well done documentary. And like, I wanted more of it. I was like, I'd watch a series about this place that raises guide dogs for the blind. Like I would watch multiple seasons of that if it was a show. So it had to weasel its way in. Um, and I absolutely loved it. So pick of the litter on Netflix, 2018 documentary. You can't miss it. It's, it's fantastic. If you want to just watch something and feel better about life and humanity and cute dogs, then just watch it. Is it mostly, I mean, I feel like the same thing happens with seeing eye dogs as like therapy dogs or emotional. What is the word I'm looking for? Emotional support. Yeah. Where people will just come up and like start petting the dog. Do they touch on that? Like, do you see that happen? Like, I'm sure that's part of their training is to not sort of lose focus if somebody tries to pet them. Oh, dude, they go deep into the training as far as yeah. focus. And it's it's wild how deep it goes. And also just how deep they have to be intelligent as far as uh, intelligent disobedience. They have mm. to make the decision to oh, disobey yeah. a direct order if it's going to put their person in danger, stuff like that. And yeah, I mean, like, what, what lends to a dog not making it uh they just there's like a certain skill set that they have and they have to like pick it up and they also have to learn the work and um some of the things that were detrimental were just distractibility Mm. uh, either other dogs or objects on the ground and just kind of overactivity or over intensity yeah they needed to be like really even tempered and you know, laser focused, not easily distracted. And you can kind of train that into them, but it's kind of up to each individual animal, how well they accept that training and how well they can employ that in their work. Mm -hmm. So like you give them the principles and then keep training them and some pick it up and some just don't. Yeah. Fair enough. I guess it makes sense. Uh, But yeah, it was fascinating. It was a really, really interesting look into this thing that like, I've always known that there were guide dogs like i just thought that was oh that's cool the guy walks around he dog walks him dog walks him that's yeah, neat. right but it's <laughs> right. it's so much more than that and yeah. it's so involved and the training of these animals was it was unbelievably involved so yeah it just i love learning stuff and i love very informative well-made documentaries and you throw puppies in there i'm i'm all in those are our flick picks which means now you have homework guys now you watch both those movies and you pick the flick that you like best and you let us know what the pick of the litter is. Yeah, let's don't bias them. You let them know when you want to come to daddy with the right choice. <laughs> um, all right, let's uh, let's play a trailer for our movie of the week. It's a film called I Used to Go Here. And when we get back, we'll talk about it without spoilers. So if you haven't had a chance to catch up with it yet, don't worry about it. We are not going to spoil it until a little bit later in the show in the danger zone. But here's that trailer for now. Hey, Michael, I just wanted to give you a call because it looks like you're still getting some pretty important mail. Kate, just focus on the fact that you wrote a book. That is huge. That. Turn and show me your baby bump. Smile. Guess where I am? Where? In Carbondale. Welcome back, right? David Kirkpatrick brought me down to do a reading. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Kate was in my very first class ever as a professor. How's your book doing? Not as good as I would have hoped. What would you think about teaching him? teaching here. It would be nice to have you here again, Kate. Hey. Oh, hi. I used to live here. Seriously? (laughs) We're having a party. You should come. I used to dance in this room like 15 years ago. I was in kindergarten 15 years ago. The whole thing is very restrained. I can go for a little restraint. Oh my God! 
see something? Yeah. What happened with you and your boyfriend? You mean my fiance? Were you hoping you guys would get back together? Oh, I'm so pathetic. Life is not like school, all right? It's all like possibility for you. Are you coming back? That was a trailer for I Used to Go Here. Coming off of a recent breakup and finding out that her upcoming book tour has been canceled, author Kate Conklin accepts an invitation from her former writing professor to return to her alma mater for a book reading. Life in the small town of Carbondale hasn't changed much since Kate's time in school, but this visit to her past might just be the key to unlocking her future. Johnny, tell me about this movie. Who's in it? Who directed it? All that kind of stuff. So it was written and directed by Chris Ray. Cast is stars Jillian Jacobs as Kate Conklin, Jermaine Clement as Professor David uh, Kirkpatrick. It was released to video on demand August 7th this year, runs a, a tight 86 minutes. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. You'll recognize Jillian Jacobs from a few different things, uh, most notoriously probably the series Love on Netflix. Oh, that's sure. What I, that's what I knew her from. Um, yeah, she was in that. I mean, she's been in a few things. She was in Mike Birbiglia's movie, Don't Think Twice. She was also in Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. And oh, I guess she was in. She's been in some other stuff, but I haven't seen them. Like I know people like Hot Tub Time Machine too. She was in that. I'm sure people do uh, like that. I, I'm not one of those people, but fair enough. Don't think twice is really good. Um, there's other people in this movie too that we can talk about after if if they come up. I don't I don't think that maybe too many people outside of Jillian Jacobs and Jermaine Clement need to be mentioned off the top. But you picked this movie this week, or at least you you brought it to my attention, Johnny. Where where did you discover it? How long have you known about it? Um, what did you know going in? How did you feel about it? Uh, I was just looking at new releases online and what had come available and then also what was out and new and also available to rent on something that we can access. Yep. So this this movie kind of hit all of those in the Venn diagram of those things. And I knew precisely what you read in the... Uh, what would you call that? The little synopsis yeah, that synopsis. we just read. Sure. So uh, minimal at best. Uh, and I knew that Jillian Jacobs is a pretty good actress and that I love Jermaine Clement. Mm-hmm. Um, I've loved him in a lot of things. And uh, I was hopeful for this movie. And the concept of it seemed interesting. And I was curious to see what they did with it. So those were the expectations. Yeah, I think mine were pretty similar. It definitely gives off a vibe. And if, if you've seen the trailer, maybe even hearing the trailer did this for some people. But if you see it, there's a very strong familiarity to sort of the vibe of this movie. And even to some extent, like what you expect from the plot. And I wasn't ever expecting to be caught off guard. It's basically a movie that is, I almost want to say coming of age, but it's more like a refusal to come of age. It's, it's like a it's like a quarter life crisis thing. And it 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 kind of falls into this vein of, like the struggle of a lot of people in their like early thirties. It's like <laughs> not to bring it back to don't think twice, but there's a line in that movie that I think Mike Birbiglia's character says, and it's like, I feel like your twenties are all about dreaming and like, and like having goals in life. And your thirties are all about realizing how stupid you were to have those dreams. <laughs> I feel like that's a, that's a theme that comes into play here. Cause her life is basically falling apart. Like all of her friends are getting pregnant or are married and are like kind of quote unquote moving in this next big chapter. And she's mm-hmm. going, trying to go on a book tour, but 
The book tour is canceled. Nobody likes her book. And, and the one thing she gets to fall back on is like going back to her college days, basically. Which means this movie has to be about her being able to progress as a person. And for me, I think the journey along the way to that is, pr- is pretty good. There were some good jokes. There's some stuff that doesn't work for me. And m- mostly, I think it's a fine, fine movie. W- what did you think of it? Um, I thought this movie wanted to have a direction but never really figured out what it was and just kind of spun its own wheels for a while. Mm-hmm. It played a lot in the sandbox of confusion and, like you said, uh, like a quarter-life crisis and you know, reevaluating a career path you've chosen and whatnot. But uh, I don't know. I feel like this movie could have gone somewhere, but it really – for me, this movie never kind of got out of like second gear. Mm-hmm. It never really felt like it gained all the momentum it was trying to generate. Yeah. And instead it just kind of fell flat and left me a little bit disappointed. Yeah. There's a particular moment in this movie to kind of go off what you're saying, where for the most of this time, it's felt like a solo adventure. And then all of a sudden it flips the switch and becomes kind of like a group thing. And yeah. that whole thing was, it was, there were some funny parts and some of it was pretty enjoyable, but in the overall scheme of things, it felt really out of place to me. It did. And it felt super forced and it felt like they were doing that on purpose to draw, uh, similarities between the two main characters. And I'll get into that more. Sure. In the danger sure, zone. sure. Uh, that's pretty danger zone ish, but, uh, yeah, I didn't really buy into that. And that sucks because that was pretty much the entire third act of this film. Yeah. If not a little bit more. If, yeah, exactly. Like the last half, maybe even, let's say. Yeah. Um, and like there's um, this forced sudden camaraderie that all these people have that just. I know. It didn't quite compute for me. And uh, yeah. Oh, like I said, it's just, I could pick it apart, but I think it's easier to say that just, I wasn't that into it. Yeah. I mean, it does kind of rub me the wrong way a little bit. Like they, they make this stance, the, the, the movie does. It makes the stance that like, sh- sure, she's, she's a little bit of an oddball and she's doing her own thing. But it's we're presented early on with the idea that because of that, she's doing something wrong. Like all of her friends are pregnant. There's man, there's that great scene where they take a photo together. Yeah. <laughs> like all her three pregnant friends are taking a photo with like their baby bumps. And they're like, no, come mm-hmm. get in the picture. And she's like, that's ah, okay. I don't want to. And then they make her and then they all turn sideways so you can see their stomachs and they give her her book to hold. Yeah. And she like puts it in front of her stomach. And it's so painfully awkward. And a lot of she's really good at kind of pulling off this this awkward arrested development kind of character. She -hmm. does it in love wonderfully. And like that stuff works. I think some of the comedy here is pretty good. There's a particular scene where she finds herself in a room and then people start having sex in that room. And there's a Mm -hmm. brilliant cut that happens from like when they discover her to what happens next. That was really good. It happens later in the movie too with, uh, with tall Brandon. Mm -hmm. That, that kind of the sensibility there by Chris Ray is, I think is very on point. I just wish that it had sort of tied the larger themes of growing up and like what it means to value or to be a value to yourself or to society or whatever. They just, there were a lot of goofs that got thrown in almost felt like filler to get to the main point. Yeah. And the main point wasn't that complex or grandiose. It felt very simplistic and, I don't know. Are we are, are we just spoiled and used to watching movies that are either just a silly goose time or are filled with metaphor? Right, right. You know, it seems like this is a middle of the road in between that where it's like it was a very straightforward there's not much metaphor. There's a little bit of metaphor, but for the most part it's very face value as far as plot and point and right. presentation. 
Right. Before I uh, derailed myself, what I was going to say is that at the beginning, we're forced to be like, okay, she's the oddball. She's doing things wrong. Something has to change. And my hope was, and it seemed to be the way that it was going. It's like, well, no, she's, she's not wrong. She's doing her life a little bit differently and it's okay to not have a baby and be married and you can do this other thing. But it does feel like every decision she makes that is quote unquote, a little bit more college or infantile or whatever you'd call it is sort of looked down on. And it's fun in the moment, but it still feels like she's trudging through it and not even too concerned with finding the right path, but we seem to be concerned with it. And I'm not sure why that is our perspective as the audience. I, I feel like that was a, I don't know. It was, it just didn't seem consistent with what I was told the movie was going to try to achieve. Yeah, exactly. I think it just, it kind of missed. Like I said, it just missed for me. Uh, what did you think about Jermaine Clement's character? The professor. Hey, very, very underwhelming. Yeah. There's something disarming about a New Zealand accent that makes me endeared to a character, but he, yeah. a lot of, yeah, a lot of these, a lot of the characters here, I think were pretty surface level and served a purpose probably. Um, but yeah, I, I expected more from him for sure. Yeah. I think that he did pretty good with what he was given, but it really didn't, um, didn't have much space to flourish. I feel like he was in a really small sandbox. Yeah. And like the, I mean, dude, you could write a part for him and I quite frankly think he should have been in the movie more. He mm. was, I was, a, you read that and you're like, oh, he's going to be like the co-star. Yeah. Like he's on, he's be, on the poster. It's the two of them. Exactly. And he's in maybe four scenes. I mean, five scenes, important scenes, but yeah, there's time wise. It's not, not much. Yeah. But like how important can I feel about them when like, I wanted to get to know that character more, you know? I yeah. Just, yeah. He just served a purpose. Like I, I get it. So cool. But, but also I, I don't know. I, yeah, I can't maybe talk about it. Never mind. Yeah. But I'm with you. It would have been nice to have yeah. more of, if not professor David Kirkpatrick, at least Jermaine Clement. <laughs> Cause I'll right. watch him all exactly. day. Exactly. He's the best. Like him and what we do in the shadows, the movie. I know. It's so, so good. It's so good. So good. That's yeah. why it bums me out when I see someone I like um, I know. kind of in a performance that I feel is a bit neutered. It's just yeah. like, oh, it could have been so much better because uh, Jillian Jacobs has a very like quirky kind of cool, yeah. unique sense of humor and like sense of like a, a way about her. Yeah. And I, I saw the poster and I thought those two could have some really fun on-screen chemistry. Totally. Like they could really bounce some fun stuff off of each other. And it really didn't live up to that for me. Not even a little. I was a little vindicated but when she goes to do this reading at the college. Cause at this point we've kind of, we're, we're not sure as, as viewers of this movie, like, is she a good writer? Is she just getting shafted by her, or her uh, publishers and, and the New York times or whatever. And then she does read like a few sentences out of her book. <laughs> it's real and bad. And I was like, oh, it's like, but it's sweet because she's so into it, kind of, yeah. but not really. She has this whole doubt about like, and then, yeah, there's the whole thread of like, thread with a D, not a T, of like, you need to, you need to play the game or you need to write things that people want to read. And mm-hmm. like, that's kind of pushed back against at times, but not even enough to where I would say, like, yeah, that's a theme in the movie is like being true to yourself and saying fuck it to anybody that says like, no, you need the framework. It doesn't really even take that stance, which it should have like, yeah. that would have been a good stance to take. Like any stance would have been good to take, but that one particularly yeah. in a movie about writers totally would, would have been a great stance I mean, to take. I mean, there's a scene towards the end where we have two characters talking kind of about these two ideologies back and forth. And it's, it's kind of peppered in throughout when those two characters meet, but it just, it doesn't really resolve. And 
it along with a lot of the other themes brought up and here, like the ones we've been talking about just there it's, I don't know. I don't think the movie's really committed to saying anything, which maybe in and of itself could be considered commentary on the idea that you don't want to ruffle any feathers. Maybe that's the point. Our entire viewing of this movie is like her, her, her book. So just stay safe. Don't, rub maybe. It, don't rustle any feathers. But that's a disappointing point of a movie. If that is the point. Yes. Like, but then it would at least have a point. Maybe. Yeah, I've, but I'm then, really reaching for straws there. But yeah, illustrate the point that you're trying to make a movie to not make a point a yeah. little bit more poignantly, please. Yeah, right. Um, so I guess we should probably rate it. Yes, we should. You want to go first? You want to go first, or do you want me to? You go first. <laughs> you go first. <laughs> well, mine's. I mean, I'm I'm falling flat on a five. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was. I had a fine time watching it. It really helped that it wasn't two and a half hours long. Yeah, that's just under so, an hour and a half is is just fine. That's great. The fact that like you're get like any kudos just because it, like what's the best thing you can say about this movie? Well, it wasn't that long. No, I've said some good things about it. <laughs> I, know, I just think we, we criticize movies a lot for being way too long. So yeah, I think it's fair when when a movie knows that it shouldn't be two hours and fifteen minutes, don't do that. Yeah. So I think that's that's, that's a good move. It's a flat five. Yeah. What about for you? That's a three point three. It's pretty low. <laughs> Yeah, okay. this movie was kind of not redeeming in any way, shape, or form. It was other than like killing an hour and a half. All right. Uh, it didn't have much value for me. I thought it really contradicted itself mm-hmm. in the end. Mm-hmm. Either that or it was trying to draw parallels, but the parallels didn't fit into the narrative. It was just, this movie was kind of a mess. Yeah. All right. Well, fair enough. It's called, once again, I used to go here. If you have Amazon Prime, it's included in your membership. You can also rent it for a few bucks. We'd, of course, love to hear what you think. We're going to take a break. When we come back, it's beer number two for uh, the second version of Black is Beautiful that we've done on the show. It's going to be from Urban Roots. So stick around. Hey, you're sitting at home. It's Corona times. You want to get out of the house. Handlebar Chico just put in a bunch more tables and a ton of umbrellas on their patio. They're open for service out there. You can have a waiter. You can have a cocktail, wine, beer, amazing food, just like normal times. Go check them out. They're right here in Chico. They've got a happy hour every single day of the week from 2 to 6 p.m. You get money off craft beer. You get half off bottles of wine and deals on cocktails as well. So head on down there. Bring the family. Bring the dog. Enjoy a meal out of the house that you didn't have to cook and feel a little bit normal. Support a local business. Handlebar Chico. Max, tell them the address. 2070 East 20th Street. Once again, that's the Handlebar right here in Chico. Go check them out. Johnny, back on episode 181 of this podcast, we talked about an initiative of a bunch of breweries around the world called Black is Beautiful. If you guys want to hear about that, go listen to that episode. We are not going to rehash all of the details, but we are going to drink another one of the Black is Beautiful beers, this time from Urban Roots out of Sacramento. They have been on the show many a time, their beers have, and this is still an Imperial Stout. It's 10.2%. Johnny, you picked this up again. Where'd where'd you get it? I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> Shit, it's been over a week. Uh, SNS. I think okay, I remember sure. SNS. You can always probably just default to that. I feel like you've been going there more than anywhere lately. Yeah, yeah. This is one that we almost did last week, but it got pushed to this week. So yeah, this was an SNS pickup, uh, and it's ten point two percent. Again, Imperial Stout. Supposed to be like that. They're all the same recipe, but I've heard that there's a decent amount of variation because, like, it's more of just a guideline recipe. So yeah, and then uh, I mean, like, curious. they're like all over the world. So like, you have different different water. Water has different flavor everywhere. And then yeah, like where people are getting their malts and their hops and all sorts of stuff. 
And also, yep. if I'm not mistaken, we were not super wild about revisions. Black is beautiful. Nope. Which was a bummer, but I'm super stoked that we get a chance to maybe try a new one and hopefully I assume like it more. I kind of want to go back and look what we rated it. I think I have the ratings pretty close here. So let me just tell you. Um, yeah, we gave, we gave revisions version a, I gave it a four and you gave it a 2.5 out of 10. <laughs> I can't imagine this would be, I, it can't be worse. Uh, you would think, I mean, you, it's urban roots. They haven't, I don't think let us down before. Granted, yeah, they're not as old right. as revision, but, but also like, they're not a brewery that is only known for making hazy IPAs. And then they're like, Oh, we're just gonna make an Imperial stout. Uh, that's right. not revision makes some other stuff. But like, if you had to say one style of beer from revision, it's the new England IPA. And yep. I don't know if, if, uh, if urban roots even has one that you could bump them in with. With, no, Style, like stylistically. No, yeah. 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 No, they're, they're very evenly rounded in their yeah. lineup, I'd say. So what are you seeing in um, your glass? It is a stout. It's pretty standard. Not much head to speak of. Um, just really dark, dark color. What do you pour That's yours into? Uh, this is like a 10 ounce tulip glass type thing. Yeah. Okay. I got a 12 ounce. Mine actually has a ton of head left over, but mine's also, I would guess a lot warmer than yours. Cause I've had mine out at this point for like an hour, definitely and a half, if not. Longer. Oh, that's awful. That is awful. No, it's, it's, it's been, it's been here. It's a little bit colder than room temp, which is right, right. What I'm looking for. Talking um, about the beer. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. It's a great temperature. <laughs> no, it's great. Really? It's great. Uh, boy, boy, howdy. Gosh, <laughs> darn it. I want, cause the original uh, brewery that, that thought of this is in Texas. If I remember right, I like the idea that like, they just put out a bad recipe. We're like, you know, we're not even going to make it. You guys just make it. Or that they gave Dude, out like the wrong recipe. Just it's starting to, f- ah, this is, this is legitimately bad. It is legitimately it's, bad. It's bad. It's oh. mm. really oh. bad. You know what it is? <laughs> I can't even talk through it. Oh, okay. So here it is. Here's, I'm trying to think of what beer this not just happened. This was a long time ago. Frick. Um, that's incredibly bitter. I need something else to drink and I don't have anything. It's so bitter. It's like drinking an old shoe. It's like drinking an ashtray. Oh, there's that really intense, um, charcoal sort of, um, Oh, I can't even like my eyes are squinting. I'm trying to like pull it back. Dude, the spirit is, I want nothing to do with this. I don't either. This is this is really bad. The beer, not the cause, guys. Come on. Cause Jeez. all about it. Beer disgusting. Miss me. Yeah. I'm I'm oh. I, I I I've never not gone back for a second drink, I think, ever on this show. So I'm gonna try to make myself do it just to see if there's anything redeeming about it. But I'm I got nothing on the first drink. That was this, one of the most unpleasant beverage experiences I've had. From a beer. It's, I'd rather drink Angel City IPA, bro. That's exactly what came to my mind, too. I was like, do we have a new a new worst? Oh, man. Can you... Can you? Maybe I can right now, actually. I want to look up all of the Black is Beautiful beers, all of the variations on, like, untapped, and just see kind of the averages, because I don't think... I don't know, man. That's a bummer. That's, that's two breweries now that, regardless of their styles or whatever, like, make good beers most of the time. Um... This is, this is, I got to regain my composure. That's tough. That's a tough one. Dude, this is bad. Yeah, it is bad. <laughs> really bad. Um, Man. So I guess just to, just to cover our bases, anything you like about it? No. Yeah. 
Yeah. So the original one, Weathered Souls Brewing, has 2,300 unique ratings on Untapped with an average rating of 4.1 out of 5, which feels high. But again, maybe, maybe let me just look up, let me look up this one. Because what are the odds we just got, uh, I don't know, like an old one? Is it old? That wouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter. Nope. They're all new. I know. This beer just came out. That's true. Maybe it was like stored improperly. I'm, I'm trying to go to bat just to, just in case, you know, devil's advocate kind of thing. Yeah. And this pisses me off because I really like Urban Roots. Like, yeah. This is so bad, man. It's like you took a decent stout that was just a standard non-barrel age, just stout flavored stout, and you mixed it with like hydrogen peroxide or like yeah. iodine. Yeah. I don't even and know what tastes, the difference, but it sounds more like iodine to me. That feels gross. This, this tastes like beer mixed with some sort of fucked up industrial cleaner <laughs> that I just put in my mouth. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. So so the Urban Roots one on Untapped has 307 ratings, averaging about 3.9 out of 5. Actually, That's it's rounding up to 4. I don't get it at all. People are saying things like uh, straightforward uh, uh, Imperial Stout yesterday. Hella roasty as expected. I don't know, man. This is this is a real this is a real rough one. Yeah, a roasty. If you like made the coffee a week ago and left the burner on the whole time. Yeah, right? like it's super burnt. It's it's unbearably it, bitter and burnt. Yeah, if you've ever left like a pot of coffee on so long that it just burns all the way down, and there's just like black goo at the bottom, and then it dries and it turns to flakes. Yeah, that black, well, yeah, hardened goo that's turned to flakes from week old burned coffee is probably better than this beer. I mean, that's one of those things that you sometimes say that are like so outlandish that it couldn't possibly be a real comparison outside of hyperbole. But this time, I think you might be right. That might be better than this beer. I'm speaking to truth. This is this is this is horrendous. This is this is an insult to not only beer but the cause. Probably. And it's an insult to me and to you. It's not. I couldn't care less about my own ego. But it's an insult to beer for sure. Yeah, dude. And like, it was $7, uh, which is like an, an insult additional. to the value of the dollar. Oh, you're going to slap me in the face with this beer? And then you're going to slap me in the, <laughs> in the wheelie? Wallet? <laughs> in the wallet with this beer price? Unless, like, you wrote, unless you wrote plus seven, like they paid you $7 to drink this, which I don't think is the case. No, but I feel like someone at Urban Roots owes me $7 for putting out this beer with their reputation on it. I mean, yeah, like, it's, uh, have you gone back for a second drink? Yeah, I've had like three. No. Oh. They'd suck worse and worse. What? I mean, I understand too, but why go back for a third? Just trying, and it just seems to get like more bitter. Like, there's really just an unpleasantness to this beer that is deep and penetrating. And also, just to, just to say this, because I think we said this about the revision one. It doesn't have the body of a 10% beer. No. It it drinks more like a porter. A very like a five and a half, six percent porter. It's super, oh it's super um light, thin, bubbly, even. It's it's not right. It's not this is not this is incorrect. It's just no. objectively wrong. This is a drain pour. Yeah. This is a drain pour, hundred percent. Second drink better than the first, but this is a two flat. I got a two. Okay. Yeah. This is trash. I, I got, I got the hint, the hintiest hints of sweetness on that one. A little bit of like a little bit of sweet chocolate 
and then and then just a tsunami of of cigarette ashes blowing into my nose and mouth, blocking my yeah. eyes. Yeah. Have you ever drank a beer that someone put a cigarette out in? Fortunately, no. Kind of tastes like this, but it makes sense. Yeah, you you could if you were to tell me right now, like Aha, I hired somebody to come in and drop a cigarette while you were syncing up the tracks or changing your volume. I'd be like, ah, that makes sense. Let me dig it out of there and I guess yep. carry on. Yep. Well, I guess, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. I guess I'll go for a third too. I've been taking that second sip was so small. Um, oof, that's, that's rough. Um, man, that's like, that's a one five for me. That's rough. <laughs> Yeah, that is rough. It's bad. Yeah. I was thinking 1.2. I'm going to I'm going to change it. I'm okay. going 1.2. Oh, cuz okay. it's a drain pour. It's an absolute I'll drink a lot of shitty beers that yeah, are yeah. just to finish them. We've done it on the show. We've talked frequently. about this. The the cutoff I think is like in Would the, you the rather drink cutoff. a four loco. <laughs> oh, sure, let's do that. And that's not even a question at this point, but Nick, if you're listening, yes. I would yeah, of course I'd rather drink a four loco than this. This is I would drink my least favorite kind of four loco over it is, this. I think that the just since and we're I'm not telling you what my least favorite is, <laughs> talking about ratings, for me, I think the 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 not finishing obviously starts a little bit higher, but the drain pour stuff where I I won't even sip it later is probably like three. I think below three, I'm I'm pouring it out. I think the highest four loco rating that any of those can achieve is like a four, and the worst could be like a two. Or one, who yeah. knows? Um, but yeah, this falls below the threshold easily of the best four loco, and and below the threshold of the worst. Yeah, so I'm with you. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather drink the worst, disgusting, gold labeled, triple f- berry juice jam, whatever they're making these days in four locos. Like no ice, like warm, warm room temp. Sure, heat it up even. Put it in the microwave. This can and all. This is oh yeah, this is, yeah. <laughs> yeah man I'm 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 sorry to say though I am optimistic that if we continue our search for a good black is beautiful we will find one that is enjoyable at this point what though, what, what 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 lenses what why why is that optimism coming from I don't understand I just, it please explain more I want to believe and and granted we'll have to start turning to breweries that maybe do really good stouts and maybe maybe we, we take that approach I just I have to believe that out of the thousands of breweries that have jumped on this bandwagon some of them are making a good version of this that has to be the case right doesn't it have to be um i feel like maybe a brewery made a good one on accident or yeah maybe i don't know of all the places um that you know did it maybe maybe one did it right i uh, i just posed uh, that information about how bad this was to like a beer chat that i'm in with some friends mm-hmm. on on messenger and uh somebody was like yeah i haven't had a good one yet and that like sucks. the last one i had was a drain pour and i'm like oh no i didn't even say this was a drain pour yeah yeah so uh not promising i mean we'll keep trying them you know we'll we'll keep giving them the old whirly girl but i tell you what man if they all taste like this i've got like two more in me if we are going to try more of these i think we should see if we can still get our hands on secret trails and do you know hey. if Sierra nevada jumped on board uh, they did not. Okay, then we should get secret trails. Um, in in the meantime, I have I've fully um changed my energy in the room. This is this has made me worse as a person. So why don't we just jump into hot and bothered? And I'm gonna <laughs> kick it off with the one negative that I had this week, uh, which is my car started overheating 
while going up hills with the AC on. That's not good. Took it in to get looked at, and apparently my, and forgive me if you know cars, but the upper tank of my radiator had a crack in it and was leaking, yeah. and the fins were all clogged up with just years of driving and no- normal stuff, but we figured yeah. it's already got a crack. It needs some maintenance. Let's just replace the radiator, give the coolant system a whole flush. So $1,000 later, I bright and early go into the auto shop and I get my exact same car back. It doesn't, it's not like the feeling of getting like a brand new car. You just go and give somebody a thousand dollars. Like now you can drive the thing you've had for years. So that's fun. But my car that is back, you back a, at a working condition. And I swear if you tell me if you're, if you're about to be the third person to tell me <laughs> that I shouldn't have taken it in because radiators can just be worked on and, and you shouldn't pay that much. I say to you, sir, don't, don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't you dare. Okay. So what's 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 got you hot bothered this week? That's unfortunate. Thanks, man. Um, I don't really have a whole lot of bothered other than it's just been hot as balls. Uh, that's, that's annoying. That phrase makes no sense. Do you want to know why? Ball, my balls are hot, Max. No balls. If we if we're talking about it, specifically leave the body to remain at a colder temperature. Yeah. But what you should say hot. is that it's hot as anything but balls. They're they're the coolest part of your body. So you could say. Ooh, I don't think they're the coolest part of your body. They are. That's why they're away from your body. You could say because in wintertime when they kind of you could you then you could say hot as you could say hot as winter balls. <laughs> I just but you can't say hot it. as balls because this is also if you've never heard of comedian uh, Mike Kaplan M M Y Q Kaplan. He's got he talks about this in in a much funnier way than I am. It's just it's a good point though. Hot as balls is so inaccurate that I need to call out people when they say it to bring awareness to the plight of cool balls. Balls, so like balls, 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 cold as balls. Yeah, is a more accurate. It's thing way to say. more accurate. So what should we say instead of hot as balls? You could just say it's hot out if you want. Hot as ar- hot as armpits. Sure, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, hot, you could they, say it's hot as Max's radiator before it was repaired. Yeah, hot as Max's bank account is after <laughs> he fucking pays for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's cool. I totally couldn't have done that in my driveway. It's fine. Um, so what's got me hot this week? Is two things. One is a game that was recommended me by a friend of the show and a friend of mine, Austin Scott. Shout out Big Bald. We go back and forth. We play games a lot. And he knows what kind of games I'm into. And he picked this up and then immediately messaged me after staying up till 3 in the morning playing it that I had to get it because it was right up my alley. So I picked it up this last weekend and I spent about four hours on Sunday getting into it. Uh, it's really fun, like action adventure role playing game, very similar to like the newest God of War and like the newest Star Wars, uh, the Fallen Order. It's uh, open world. It's kind of very like Skyrim esque, but you're um, following a samurai basically on a quest to protect Tsushima Island, uh-huh. it's set during the first Mongol invasion of Japan. And it came out July. What does it say that I'm finding it? July seventeenth. So relatively new, came out last month, mm-hmm. and uh, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's amazing to look at, and I'm super into it. So that's that's got me hot for sure. And also the options for not only the subtitles and the audio, but the the vis- there's a visual option. I sent you a video of it. Did you watch that? Yeah, I didn't know what that was. I saw that it was Kurosawa mode. I was like, what are you showing me right now? Yeah, that's a, a gameplay mode. So you in the game, you can pick... English with English subtitles, Japanese dialogue with English subtitles, mm-hmm. 
or Japanese with English subtitles, and it's all in it's called Kurosawa mode. Yeah, and it's all black and white and grainy, and yeah. like the whole game is black and white and grainy, like an old nineteen sixties samurai film. Yeah, crazy. Like just the, the fact that they would put that in there is an option, yeah. not like an unlockable thing. Like you can play the whole game, like just like this. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, I've been playing it with uh, Japanese dialogue with English subtitles, but I think I'm gonna change it. It sounds so awesome in Japanese, but but also like if you're the, playing a game, like how much time can you spend reading subtitles? Well, exactly, maybe you can if it's not happening during like really intense moments. But yeah, still. but like you you miss a lot, and yeah. this game's so pretty to look at. And like if you're on horseback and you're trying to like ride somewhere and not you know ride your horse off a cliff, yeah, and you're having to read to figure out what the person's saying because it's propelling the plot, it becomes um, a bit tumultuous and dangerous quite sure. frankly so uh yeah so i'm switching up that but i think it's awesome and if you ever get a playstation 4 you should play it give me the name one more time uh ghost of tsushima just you might as well spell it because some people might misspell it uh ghost sure. of yep. t-s-u-s-h-i-m-a perfect uh johnny a couple weeks ago you talked about starting a new show on netflix a high fantasy show i believe you called it called cursed and you told me that you were going to check in once you finish it I did, yeah. Uh, so this is my wrap, my final thoughts of season one of Cursed. It was an absolute over-the-top high fantasy adventure. If you are not into high fantasy that borders on cheesy and its level of mythicalness and magic uh, and imagination and just complete outlandish in general, uh, you have to be into that in order to like this show. But if you are into that and you like that style of books and those styles of entertainment, uh, if you liked the Witcher, for example, I don't think it was as good as the Witcher, but if you're hungry for more content that is similar to that sent in a high fantasy environment, this definitely scratches that itch. And it is something that I want to see more of. And with the commercial success of game of Thrones without game of Thrones, you know, there is no, well, I mean, you could even go further back, but yeah. realistically, probably uh, without the, the success of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, there's no Game of Thrones show. And without Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. there's no this and so on and so forth. So I think it's a deeper introduction into the really high fantasy, like high magic, like very Dungeons and Dragony, not as sexy or as cool. As a Game of Thrones, it's definitely more on the quote-unquote nerdy side of things, nice. which uh, I'm super into, and I not only looked past it, I, I really cherished that because it made me very nostalgic for books that I like read in high school mm-hmm. that introduced me into this type of universe. So overall, I'd give it a big thumbs up. Uh, if any of the shows I mentioned you enjoyed, uh, and like I said, if you're hungry for more high fantasy style content... For sure, check out Cursed. And also, it left it very wide open for season two. Well, so. perfect. Yeah, I'll, I'll be sure to check it out. I'm obviously a big fan of that kind of stuff. Would you say it was better or worse than like Carnival Row on Amazon Prime? Uh, ooh, I'd say it was, it was different. Carnival Row had a lot more nuanced character development. I think mm. the writing was a bit better. Um. It also had like a completely different aesthetic. Yeah, Carnival was real dark. Um, it was very dark and very gritty. This one is very there. There's a bit of grittiness to it, but there's also like you know, fairy adventure sort of, in the meadows and cast magic. 
Exactly. Yeah. And like the forests are just the most vibrant green. They don't look dingy or cloudy or overcast. It's right. all very brightly lit. Uh, but as far as just better or worse, I would say overall, I probably didn't like it as much as Carnival Row. Um, but I did like Carnival Row a lot. I liked some of the the racial issues that it took and like that racial hierarchy within the the different races was really fascinating. And I loved the more kind of adult nature and adult themes of that show a little bit more. Uh, yeah. This uh, Cursed was TV MA, but I don't think it was like a hard MA. It wasn't over the top. It had enough like Frank Millerness to yeah. get that. But it wasn't. It also wasn't as stylized as like a three hundred or any of those movies. Like a Frank Miller did. movie. Yeah, yeah. I was expecting it to be like super stylized, and he really showed some restraint, uh, and maybe like even a different style, which I really liked. So, not as good as Carnival Row. I don't think it was as good as uh, The Witcher, but I think they really struck gold with The Witcher. I think Henry Cavill was just perfect for that role, and. That really had a lot of the nuts and bolts of something that's going to end up being probably a kind of iconic high fantasy series. So um, I'd say it's probably a third out of those three, but also definitely solid entertainment. And it laid a really interesting groundwork for a cool type of world for this show to play in. So I would say check it out. Cool. Again, that's Cursed. It's on Netflix. Watch it if you want. Johnny, you want to talk spoilers for I Used to Go Here? Yeah, let's do it. Let's dig into the danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. All right, we're in the danger zone. We can finally talk about this movie. Like we've all come out of this year, the, the theater and seen it, uh, and we can we can talk about the craziest things or the the things that caught you off guard or character moves that you didn't like. What? Uh, where Where do you want to start, dude? Anything jump out horribly to you that you want to? That's, that's, do you have a burning desire just to um, get it out there? Well, I really didn't like how they painted uh, Jermaine Clement's character to be kind of like um, uh, womanizing and predatory. And then at the end of the movie, Jillian Jacobs sleeps with somebody's boyfriend that's in college. It was just weird to me. Like, yes. I was wondering, did they draw, were they purposely drawing parallels yeah. to say that, like, you know, Jillian Jacobs and Jermaine Clement were maybe never that different? And I don't know. It just. I was like, really? That was a weird turn to take. I mean, there's that conversation that happens with Jillian Jacobs and the, see, this is why we need the other cast members' names, but I don't have them. But there's there's like kind of the the guy in the group of writers that live in that house with his girlfriend who who was the one who was hooking up with Clement. Mm-hmm. And they have that conversation, the two girls outside and, and the younger one says, oh, like you're such a hypocrite. Like you did the exact same thing to my boyfriend that I was doing to, to your professor slash my professor. Um, right. Yeah. Like maybe the point is just like, there's certainly a parallel. I don't know the point. I think it's a weird way to illustrate um, whatever they're trying to get across, which I guess is that um, writers are skeevy. I don't really know. But yeah. definitely, yeah, to, to your point, that yeah, that's the parallel. She is the same thing. She's the thing that she was criticizing. Yeah, and it almost became, like, vindictive for Jillian Jacobs' character because, like, you find out later in the movie that, you know, how Jermaine Clement didn't sleep with her and she was trying to sleep with him and yeah. now he's sleeping with other students. Yeah. So it's, like, another rejection to, you know, tack up to her, you know, on her tally of growing the mm-hmm. growing list of things that aren't going well and haven't gone well for sure. her. Yeah. Um, it also would have just... been pretty easy to ignore. Like 
if it weren't for the fact that there's this really strong theme of older people hooking up with younger people, I probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have read into the fact that tall Brandon kisses. What's his name's mom. Yeah. Like that might've just been a throwaway kind of joke that whole, like it was a cute scene, but in the context of sort of this weird, unethical student teacher thing, I was started like, okay, like what's the morality of this woman and this kid who is like his roommate's mother, like starting a Harold and Maude esque romantic affair. Right. And it probably wasn't written to be that way. These are some of these inconsistencies that I think don't line up with the, the larger themes throughout the movie, but you give me this other context and I'm going to put this one scene in the context of the rest of the film. That is just the way that people watch movies. So you have to. Yeah. Cause like you're setting a tone and you're like multiple things displaying that tone. And then one thing that you don't want to fit in with the tone, but it's, it's going to, like you said, you're seeing it through that lens. Yeah, of course. So then going back character development stuff, if point a is her sort of at rock bottom, her book has failed. Her, her engagements failed. Point B needs to be, acceptance for her life and her trajectory and, and ideally striving towards uh, satisfaction and happiness. Right. Yes. They do put that in at the end. But what I was getting at earlier is that it's that whole middle section that really doesn't feel like we're even going for that. And then all of a sudden, like the last, I think less than 10 minutes, we are reminded of the idea that, Oh yeah, she is trying to better her life. Mm-hmm. And, and that was just the thing. It was like, I, I don't know. Cause there's that whole car ride at the end where, uh, I don't know, what's that character's name? The funny driver dude. Yeah, Elliot. Elliot is is taking her to go help her deliver her friend's baby, basically, or be mm-hmm. there as moral support or something. It's not clear. And and there's like one throwaway line where she's like, I think it could be better. And we're like, ah, you mean your life. And he's asking about her book or whatever, but it's the one time that we get any hint of optimism from her. And it just, I, she has this moment of clarity after hooking up with this college kid, getting yelled at by his ex-girlfriend, and she has a nice breakfast and, yeah, and, yeah. and she's like, I, I don't know. Cause, cause of course like the air or not the Airbnb, the, um, bed and breakfast, bed and breakfast lady is like, I, I make breakfast and she's like, I don't, I'm not much of a breakfast person. And then, so she has sex with the college kid, then eats breakfast. Then all of a sudden is like, you know what? My life's going to get better. Yeah. And like you've done all of the things minus eating breakfast. I guess that's universally pretty okay. But like you've done all these other things that we are seeing you criticize specifically Jermaine Clement's character for. And yeah. it's only after you've done these things that you're like, all right, I'm gonna now be better, good, fine. I'm not sure exactly what her goal is, but it's not to be the same. It could be better. Yeah. And that was weird. That was all weird. It's just it's so shallow. Uh, it's so as a goal shallow. or she is. What do you mean? The whole premise, everything. It's it was all there was no depth to any of it. You know, like okay, so she sleeps with Hugo, and then all of a sudden she's realizes she can be better. Yeah, like this like, this formula doesn't work if you're glorifying the behaviors throughout the time. There needs to be a point where you're like, okay, this is this is what I did wrong the first time. I'm catching myself doing it again, and I will change. Yeah. The only thing she did differently was eat breakfast. Yeah. And it was a good breakfast, but I have to believe it wasn't that good. Right. And how weird was it with that whole, the bed and breakfast owner with that weird, like authoritarian, like mother figure again, like when something thrown in for like kind of a joke, like I'm going to my room, slamming the door. I'm sneaking out the window. Fine. When you, yeah. When you're in my house, you have to follow my rules. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's, that's a 
weird thing to say to a person that's renting a room. From that you. is a client. Like, yeah, that is your customer service. And you can't yell at the, but again, sure. It's a joke, whatever. It just doesn't play into the bigger picture in any real way. No. So I think the whole issue that we're having, it seems like we're kind of beating on it is just the cohesion of this movie. Like it doesn't all fit together. Right. Yeah. I think that's, that's true. At least it doesn't all fit together in any really meaningful way that, that applies to the, to the, to her character. So that yeah. sucks. <laughs> yeah. But there's really... some good laughs along the way, I guess. Some decent laughs. Yeah. I feel like we could you could watch a better movie and get more decent laughs and have a better time. Oh yeah, well for sure. But that's yeah. not the game we are playing today, my friend. We're playing the can we get any decent laughs out of this one? Exactly. So. And yeah, there were there were a few, but they weren't really meaningful. I never really felt much about any of these characters. No. No. Definitely not. No. And I wanted to feel something. I don't know. Like, what, who's your favorite character in this movie? I don't know. Uh, like, I don't Tall know. Brandon? No. He was funny for a minute, but then it got unfunny. I guess yeah. even the, even, I keep forgetting his name, Elliot. The he driver? actually wasn't funny at first, but then at the end he got, like, his ambient thing was funny. Yeah. That was like, ha ha ha. Pretty sick joke. I get it. But that's like, mm-hmm. that's, I wasn't like laughing, laughing, you know? I yeah, it was more of a chuckle. <laughs> like, I breathed yeah. quickly out of my nose. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's like a, that. that's a measure for uh, humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So our favorite character was no one. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think. I really, I didn't know. I didn't care about anybody really, and then I didn't feel particularly uh, attached to anybody based on their actions. There's like, of course, like, yeah, the Jermaine Clement factor and the Jillian Jacobs factor, but strictly, yeah. if you can separate that, then no. Yeah, the stakes of this movie were super low, and yep. I really didn't care how any of it ended up. I mean, like we've watched some pretty poignant movies over the past few weeks. And if you boil it down, you can basically like, this is, this is a story of a pretty well-off middle-class white person who's not gotten their book published and has to <laughs> try to not have sex with college kids. It's like, that's pretty first world, man. Like I'm not, I'm not <laughs> really like, I'm not, I'm not empathizing with you that much. Like yeah, speaking like, as a person in a similar situation with different, you know, specifics are different, but in general. Yeah. Don't have a lot to, you know, to complain yeah. about. Your, your problems are not that bad. I just had to spend $1,000 to get my radiator fixed. And I, I had that, which is already like a better scenario than a lot of people. So I'm right. fine. It doesn't matter. I was hesitant Seriously. to even put it as a bothered. I don't even think I called yeah. it a bothered. I just started talking. No, you did. Well, because I'm bothered. Because <laughs> yeah, my life's hard too. My latte was not people look there's there's hard problems on both sides okay okay everybody (laughs) okay guys (laughs) in here and in china there's also really good problems (laughs) to have on both sides you know if you do want to get a good laugh there's a a covid edition of donald trump mispronouncing words oh fun it 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 had me in tears it was so good because he does send me that link i will if you watch enough of his speeches when he's teleprompter reading He'll, he'll do this thing where he mispronounces a word and instead of like re, uh, correcting it, he'll just add the right word. So he'll be like, uh, like, I'm like, I won't do his impression, but he'll say something like we have a lot of mishes and missiles and he'll just, he'll like <laughs> add and like move on as if he meant to say it. It's, it's so weird and obvious that he fucked up and he's just like, no one's going to know. It was very deliberate. I'm in fact, I'm, I'm fantastic at speaking. I'm the yeah. best speaker. He's like, nobody's a best or best and, and a bester speaker than, and better speaker than me. 
I am the best, the bestard, and the best. <laughs> so intense, that guy. Uh, that's funny. All Anyways. right, yeah, you have to send me that link. Oh, it's great. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a whole yeah. series. <laughs> I'm into it. I want to yeah. check that out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the stakes for that video are about as high as the stakes for this movie. Like no, she's I... going to go back to her fine life <laughs> with her fine apartment. No, 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 no. You know? The stakes for the video I'm describing are much worse. Can I just give you my emotional arc watching a, a video like that? Sure. It's it's all fun. It's very funny. And then, because it's like a five-minute video, and about a minute and a half in, you're like, oh, he's like really talking about science stuff that he is in charge of. And then it's like a couple more jokes. And then at one point, I stopped laughing. My body was like, no more laughing. And I just said, I just said, we're fucked. <laughs> we're just... And then you start maniacally laughing again, and then you watch the next video. Yeah. So the, I think the stakes <laughs> are pretty high in that scenario. Boy, that is. It's like a roller coaster of, yeah. you know... Oh, nothing matters to <laughs> nothing matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a roller coaster, but the person operating it forgot to buckle your seatbelt, and also the track isn't finished being built. And also, you realize you're now a crash test dummy hurtling yeah. at a wall. Yeah, in like a zoot or in a roller coaster tycoon scenario where you yeah. just crank up the speeds and launch people into the alligators. Dude, Dude that I'm, sounds I'm amazing. mixing tycoons here, but you know, that's fine. That's fine. Just say the right tycoon in addition to the wrong tycoon. <laughs> I used to play roller coaster tycoon and zoo tycoon. Yeah. Roller I'm the best yeah. zoo tycoon. <laughs> My zoo has roller coasters. They're the best roller coasters. Yeah. What a guy. My God. Classic Donnie. <sighs> All right. Well, do you have anything else you want to chip in? No. I used no. to go here. No. No? No, I'm good, man. In the words of Drew Carey, this is a movie where the plot doesn't matter and the points aren't real. <laughs> and the points don't matter. And the points don't matter. Uh, okay, this is Fresh Hop Cinema. The show wouldn't be possible without Bailey Minardi. If you get a chance to drink either of the two beers, though I'd recommend not drinking the second one, we'd still like to hear what you think. If you watch any of the three movies we covered this week, let us know. We're watching all sorts of stuff. Johnny, what are we watching next week? Yes, God, yes. That is the Cannot title of a wait. movie, not just his excitement. But it's, yes. I think it's a little bit of both. God, yes. Do you want to give a quick little thing about what the movie's about to convince people yeah. to watch it? It stars Natalia Dyer of um, Stranger Things fame. And the synopsis is a Catholic teenager in the early 2000s discovers her sexuality and then struggles to suppress her new urges in the face of eternal damnation. Sounds like either either uh, a, a coming of age movie or perhaps a heavy metal album. Coming of age or coming of age. Am I right? <laughs> Yeah, I was saying if you watch the trailer, it definitely has some strong Lady Ladybird vibes mixed with what did I say? Like potentially um superstar. Uh, superstar or like uh Easy A. Easy, easy A, yeah. Like that kind of thing. It seems like it's gonna be comedic, but also, you know, if you're pretty sensitive to maybe uh blasphemy and or sexual stuff, maybe not for you. But yeah, then, then again, you, neither if, are we. Exactly. Or if you grew up <laughs> super repressed, this could be a, a, a trigger movie for this is you. a trigger. Yeah, I'll let you know after totally. after I watch it. Yeah, me too. I grew up super <laughs> repressed. Let's yeah. do this. Yeah. Uh, all right, right on. that's it, I guess. Um, anything else to tease for next week? Uh, beers or anything? Do we know yet? Uh, we don't know any of the beers. It's a mystery, so you'll find out when we find out. Uh, and just we know, yes, God, yes, is happening. So, and there will be beer. There might be blood. That's Max. That's Johnny. We'll see you next week, guys. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.